What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so glad you're tuning in for this extended stay edition of Persons of Interest Summer Takeover. That's right. We normally do this series in June and July, and we've just wrapped up our July Jesus and Therapy. So thank you to all the awesome uh, guest hosts that we had in July and in June when we did our next gen installment, but we extended it to August. We're going to have four more episodes. This is episode number one, where we're going to be talking to amazing people, influencers, leaders in ministry, business, and we're just going to be talking about a lot of different things over the next four weeks as we go into uh, this new season of Vantage Point, this fall session of what we do here at Vantage Point. And if it's your first time listening, man, welcome. Welcome, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our website, Google Podcasts, make sure to share this episode, make sure to go back and listen to other episodes as well. And man, if this, you've been with us for a while, welcome back. So glad you're here again, whether you're listening in the U.S. or abroad, because we've been heard in over 40 countries and God has just been doing an amazing thing with Vantage Point. We had a break uh, earlier this year, uh, just a lot going on, but definitely we're going to get into what that is uh, next month with our new series and new installments. So stay tuned for that. But today, like I said, we're kicking off Extended Stay Summer Takeover, and I have an amazing guest um, with us. We're going to be talking about faith and culture, y'all. Um, I know that's a, a hot topic, especially around culture. Anything culture is hot. Faith is always a topic that we can discuss. And so we're going to bring the two together on this episode. And I want you to help me welcome to Vantage Point, Miss Kia Saunders. Hi, everybody. <laughs> man, we are going to jump right into this, man. And, and Kia, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're um definitely uh, tuning in. We're going to have in the link also ways that you can connect with Kia as well. But real quick, before we jump into that, just give us something. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, a little bit about myself is I am a New Jersey native. Um, so I'm a Jersey girl, born and raised. Uh, however, I do currently reside in the South, <laughs> uh, North Carolina. Um, I have an MDiv from Drew University, uh, Drew Theological School of Drew University, as well as I hold an MED from the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. Um, so I am an educator. I am an emerging apologist, um, and I've been preaching since the age of 21. Um, and so, yeah, that's just a little bit about me. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I definitely am glad you're here as well. Um, amazing credentials. We're going to get into this thing. Um, I don't know much about Jersey, so I'm not even going to like throw shade at where you're from like that because I'm from <laughs> Chicago. So I'm not even going to get into that. If you just said New York, then we might have had a little five. I mean, debate, Jersey, but... New York, we have the best pizza. So, you whoa, know, just... whoa, whoa. <laughs> you really threw that out there. Okay, okay. See? We gonna Just let saying. we gonna let the listeners decide who has the better pizza because I I am partial to the Chicago deep dish. Um, <laughs> New York is good too. That that pizza's good, but it ain't Chicago good. But you know we are gonna let the listeners decide that. We might throw a okay. poll up on social media or something. But I already know what the real answer is. But uh. you know, I already know it's it's like the Jordan Lebron debate. We already know what the real answer is. Why are we playing games? Right, because um, Jordan is definitely New York exactly. Why are we? Even He's the greatest. <laughs> the greatest period. Like there's Jordan and everybody else. I'm just saying. 
but uh man we look we're already in culture conversations already look at that pizza and basketball already but man we want to (laughs) jump into this and i got a few questions we're gonna i'm gonna ask and and we're just gonna go in y'all and just see where where god takes this episode and so we again are talking about faith and culture um if, if you've been living long enough uh you know that culture um, um, is influential. We know culture is out there, whether it's um, in business world, in the streets, in in uh, sports, or whatever media, whatever you want to call culture. It's such a broad topic, but I think faith and culture are something that that tend to clash. Be quite honest with you, it seems like we we see that clash all the time, and, and you even see ministries and churches that are, you know, are they really about Jesus? Or are they about culture? Are they about winning souls? Are they about adjusting to what culture says? And so we can go down a list of ministries and pastors and things that we may be thinking about. But I want to like just get a like kind of lay the groundwork for the episode. So first question right off the bat here is in your perspective, like how would you describe the culture that we currently live in? Mm, um mm. How would I describe the culture that we currently live in? I don't think it's different from culture that we've seen in the past. Um, I definitely think that as far as trends are concerned, because trends are based on generation and eras, right? Um, I think that there are changes that we see, but I think what remains the same in culture is that there's always, I guess you can say like this kind of conflict between the church and culture, right? Like how do we as Christians um, live in society, culture, you know, this idea of like not being so heavily bound that we're no earthly good. And so I think that as trends change, that might um, sort of be different, like in culture, like our culture today is not our parents' culture. The things that we face in society today is not the things um, that they face. But at, also at the same time, um, there are some things that remain the same when we look at, you know, our fight against racial equality and, you know, different things of that. Unfortunately, to say that some things have not, you know, quite changed in our culture in the way um, in which we're viewed as African Americans. So. Um, I think those trends change, but if we're looking at it from a faith lens, I think that what remains the same is always how do we engage culture as Christians. Yeah, I think that's that's good because, and something you had said, right, like there's culture and then there's trends, right? Like, and mm-hmm. we can see trends over time, right? We can see that over time. And, and I love the example you gave where it talks about like African-American equality and civil rights, right? Like that has been in our culture for hundreds of years, right? And I know we can we can pinpoint the civil rights movement and go into the 50s and the 60s, but there have been moments long before that that were like very specific to the time, right? But that is a cultural, uh, I hate to say cultural norm that we have, right, that mm-hmm. we've all experienced. However, the trends of it are very different, right? And so you can go back, you mentioned like our parents, like I, I've had this conversation with my mom a lot around like her experiences with African-American uh, inequality and racism versus mine, 
right? And where she grew up in the 60s and the 70s, and I grew up in the 90s and now, right? And so it, it, it's a very different trend of what I experienced. Like I probably, if I, I grew up in her at time, there are things I do today I could not do back then. Like right. it just couldn't be. And, but I can do things now that I couldn't do back then. But at the same time, there's still restrictions, there's still hindrances, there's still things that we we deal with today that are still cultural norms as African-Americans, right? And so when we add the faith-based lens to it, I think that's something that, and, and you've studied ministry, you've studied theology, and, and you know, that's something that that as African-Americans, like, I, I, we can go into it a little bit, like, I feel like sometimes as African-Americans, we struggle between culture and faith. We we struggle between our Blackness and our Christianity. Mm -hmm. And we <laughs> want to put the priority on our race than our belief, if that makes yeah. sense. And that so does we, make sense. <laughs> yeah, we go into this struggle of, well, I'm I'm Black, but I'm also a Christian. Well, which one do I want to be today? <laughs> and it's like... Go ahead. I, I would love to hear your thought on that because I think that's something that that we we struggle with. Like, it, it's which one are you first? <laughs> like, you know, which one comes first yeah. for you? Your blackness or your Christianity or your faith? And so that that yeah. ultimately boils down to which one comes first: your culture or your faith. So I love yeah. to hear your thoughts. Um, sure. So that's actually the field, or I guess you could say the context in which I'm trying to build. Um, I guess my content or my brand um, in. And so in the beginning, even when I talked about being an emerging apologist, um, and I think one of the reasons for that and why I'm continuing to study, and there are some things that I'm uncovering now um, that I that I didn't really necessarily have a, a vantage point on. <laughs> no, uh, what they say, no pun intended, because I know that's the title of your, your podcast. Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, but I just, um, let me start off by saying like one of the messages that God gave me um, when I first began creating content in February was Black Jesus is a lie. And um, God gave me this word because um, he made it very clear that there is a struggle between the African-American culture, especially when we talk about Gen Z and the millennial population. Um, and what, and, and being a Christian, right? And so today we also have this conversation that's re, um, resurrecting itself about Christianity being a white man's religion, right? And how do we as African Americans, um, stay true to our ethnicity, our race, our blackness, our identity, and yet be, and yet be Christian? And many times I think what happens is that we do put our culture, our racial affiliation over our Christian identity. And I do think the Bible speaks against that. And so, um, because I do think that there is a clear theme throughout the Bible that we are to run away, that we are to, to stray from anything that looks like, uh, anything other than God, right? And so while you have a lot of people now saying, you know, let's resurrect our ancestral identities and go back to our ancestral past, because when we were brought here, you know, over as slaves, like the slave traders replaced our original 
you know, religion with Christianity, right? And so in order to come from under, um, you say like Christian colonialism, well, we need to go back to our to our original um, spiritualities. But many of those spiritualities are um, rooted in idolatry and pagan practices, right? And so I, I also did... Uh, um, a video one time in which I was saying, "Hey, a lot of uh, a lot of people are telling you we need to go back to Egypt, right? But the Bible clearly tells us that we are need that we need to run away from it, Egypt, right? When we look at the story of the Israelites, God is like, I don't want you to have any fellowship with Egypt, but now we have people today telling us that we need to go back, right? And so there is definitely a conflict of interest when it comes to how can I be black." and be a Christian when Christianity was used to enslave Black people. Does that make good sense? And so I think that because it was erroneously um, used and that we're, we're trying to reconcile, right, dignity, um, our African dignity, um, our African identity, and even, you know, what it means to be Black in America and then a Black Christian in America, um, sometimes those lines become blurred, if that made good sense. But I don't think that the answer to whitewashing is black is blackwashing, right? I think that's just as problematic. Um, I think that that puts the plight of black folks over um, the plight of humanity, us as humans, if that makes good sense. And so I think that in doing so, what we're saying is, is that God is on the side of the oppressed and not the oppressor. But the gospel says, you teaches us that the, that the ground is level at the foot of the cross, right? So what message are we sending when we try to remedy whitewashing with blackwashing? I think that's just as problematic. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. It, it's literally swinging the pendulum the other way. Right. And, yeah. and it's and it's overemphasizing the you're in essence, like taking the problem and just shifting it to honestly your narrative. Right. You're switching it to what you want it to be. And it's that's not of, of Christ. Right. And, and we're supposed to, you know, we, we can't I've, I've said it this way, like I I cannot be so focused on the sins of the past that I don't operate in the mindset that Christ has me operate in right now. Yeah. Like if I only focus on um, this, this situation, like I'll take policing, for instance, like I, I have a perspective on that. I am, I am, you know, 100% against any police brutality, police profile, all of those things. Right. I, I was a, a police officer in the military, so I I am not of that mindset when it comes to police. Um, I am also under the belief that not all police are racist. I just don't believe that. Um, right. Are there some? Yes. Um, and most people are shocked when I tell them, out of all the interactions that I've had with police, the ones that I've had the absolute worst interaction with are African African American police. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those have been the worst. I have yeah. I have never in my life, praise be to God, have never had a negative interaction with a white police officer. Never had. Right. But the four times I've had interaction with black police officers, I don't even know. Like I can't yeah. even explain it or <laughs> fathom what the deal was with them. But 
it literally was like, whoa, wait a minute, what is going on here? This is, you know, but my mom's experience with police is that they're all bad. Yeah. But I and can't I adopt that, mm-hmm. I can't adopt her convictions. Yeah. I have to formulate my own. I know you were gonna say something. Go ahead. No, I, I was gonna say because what you're saying is so true. And I think that it's hard for African Americans to have a sobriety about uh race relations when your daily experience makes your race the forefront of how you see the world, right? And so I don't think it's as easy for us to separate. And so then when we talk about faith, right, like faith should be the lens in which we view uh, the world and, and maybe in some senses sort of takes the load off of what, you know what I mean, what the world piles on us. But then it's like, yeah, yeah. how can I do that when the faith that I believe is literally or has been traditionally used to complicate the way that I live out my faith in the world, right? And so I just, I I, I think that a lot of people are looking for, for a way to escape. And if they don't see Christianity as a way to escape, they go back to what to what makes them feel free, right? And sometimes that is going back to something that looks that that looks nothing like white. Looks nothing like white supremacy. Looks nothing like, you know what I mean? Like I I I that's the take that I get, but I but in what you're saying is, in which I agree, I think there's a tendency, like you said, to swing the pendulum so far, you know what I mean, over is that in doing so, we miss God. Like in in searching for freedom from um <laughs> you know what I mean, like the, the perils, so to speak, of of Christianity and what's that and what and what that has done, I think we truly miss the freedom that the gospel so intrinsically gives us. Like in search for that freedom. Like we miss the freedom that the gospel is. No, that 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 is um hundred percent accurate. And I think you're spot on. Is like we 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 essentially miss it, right? Because yeah. we get so entrenched and so involved in our blackness and in that equality and in those things. And that, and again, don't get me wrong. Like I don't want anybody to hear this and say that's not what we should do. Like, I'm not saying we don't do that, right? We have to, the Bible clearly speaks about injustice and things of that nature. And we, Mm -hmm. we do fight those fights. There are people that, that do those things and, and, but we can't be so consumed with that fight that we forget who is supposed to be fighting that fight for us. Right. Right. And, and who do we go with when we have these things? Like you, you, I, I'm literally as we we're talking, I'm thinking of David <laughs> and Goliath. Like David didn't go fight mm-hmm. Goliath on his own. Exactly. Like it wasn't just him. He had God behind him. He already knew what was about right. to go down. Not because he knew, but because the God in him knew. And yeah. so we have to have that that level of mindset. And I think when it comes to culture, I think that's it's, you know, and, and one of the questions we're gonna get into a little bit um is is all is 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 all culture necessarily bad? Because I think culture can be a blessing and a curse. 
I don't think it's necessarily all bad. I think that's another, to me, another kind of um, myth or, or what people want you to believe that all culture is bad. Well, I I don't know that I would say it's all bad. I don't know to say that it's all God either, but mm-hmm. we have to have a mindset when it comes to culture. How do we look at culture, right? Because if you look at culture, like if you talk to somebody you know, I have a, a friend I talk to, like, he is usually pretty negative, <laughs> um, you know, and, and he always sees the worst in culture. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Oh, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Like, do you ever watch any good news? Like, do you ever see any goodness in culture? Like, do you ever see anything out there? And again, I'm not saying the world, I'm saying culture, right? Yeah. And so it, it's like, we have to understand the lens that we're looking into and i think sometimes when we put on the lens of christianity and we put on the lens of faith it's hard to look at culture because we get into a space where we're like man i don't think that's true i don't want to see that there's good in that person there's good in that situation no 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 no. that no that i don't i don't I, all i see is bad and that's what i want to see that that's the i'm choosing to look through the lens of faith and then i'm taking that boy right off like that's where I think a lot of Christians come into play when you get into these debates and you talk about, you know, something like abortion, which is such a hot cultural and faith-based topic. Um, yeah. You know, the thing I say about that is like, literally, I, I don't know if it's as black and white as everybody say it is. That's just, yeah. I don't think it's as black and white as people say it is. Neither is policing. That's not as black and white. Defund them. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily the answer. They need to have all the guns in the world. Like, okay, well, I don't know if that's the answer either. Like, there's a lot. We try to make things so black and white. And I think sometimes we have to take the lens of faith and really look through like Jesus would. Thank you.